Sports Pen returns Thursday afternoon. Tanner Hoops here and delighted you're along as always as we bring you the latest edition of the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. And we're joined by Jake Durant, the pride of Local 3, the CES affiliate here in Marquette. He's kind enough to lend us his time as always and co-host Thursday afternoons. What's up, Jake? Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. I love how the you know, the NHL, NBA are, are kind of putting things in place, at least the discussion of potentially returning. So I'm super excited about that. I know an announcement was just made on Tuesday about uh, the UP Baseball League, U19 Baseball League, uh, you know, starting up this June. So we're going to get some baseball back this, this June, which is going to be super nice. Um, it's going to start with a round-robin tournament. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped up, man. It seems like sports are, are right around the corner. I'm hoping things continue going uh, going into that direction. Um, you know, it's only been, what, two and a half, three months without sports, and someone like myself whose life actually legitimately revolves around sports. It's my job, you know, I know and I know it's your job. Um, you know, it's it's just been really crazy. It's been crazy. We've been able to obviously fill fill time here on Local 3 with different things, but um, it, it was, it's so funny because when this whole thing started, I was literally at the busiest point of my year. You know, with all the high school sports going on, all the, the major sports going on, um, we had the high school sports zone. We were, you know, right in the middle of that season, and I was super busy. And then to have things halted, um, I'm, I'm looking back on it now, and, and I remember my mindset when, when that whole time, right before everything closed down, and I was just like, man, I need I need some time off. I need, I need time to just kind of regroup myself. But now I'm sitting here wishing, you know, I was back in the, into that mode where, you know, I had I had all this to talk about and things were and things were moving and, and, and things like that. So I'm just happy, you know, we're going to get some normalcy back here, hopefully here in a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see if these if these leagues come back in, in you know, July and things. That's kind of where where things are, are looking like it's going. It's going to be an interesting summer, man. We're not going to have that like that little lull period where we're waiting for the NFL to start up. We're going to be like right in it, right in the middle of the summer. So um, it's going to be a balancing act of, of being able to, for myself to get outside. I'm an outdoorsy person in the summer. Um, I don't really sit in front of the TV much. And also, you know, I'm going to be, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for sports. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens as well. And you mentioned the baseball legion leagues and what have you starting up again in the UP. And you're doing a story on that over at Local 3. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you could, uh, without giving away too much of the story, I mean, you've been following the details of how that's going to transpire pretty, pretty closely, right? Yeah, so actually I have an interview set up with Paul Julian of Iron Mountain. He's the organizer of the whole tournament. Um, you know, I, I still have yet to ask him about a lot of the details, but from what I know, it's going to be a round-robin tournament. I think Marquette, Gladstone, Esky, Iron Mountain are all involved. Um, I'm not really sure too much on, on locations and things like that, but I know they're going to they're gonna be following, obviously, guidelines and regulations and things like that. But, but for me, man, it, it's just great for the kids. You know, a lot of the kids have had a lot taken away from them, with all, obviously with the cancellation of things um, in the previous months. And, and it's going to be great for them to get out. I think Iron Mountain may or may not have started practice already yesterday. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Don't take my word. But I know um, teams are going to start getting back to practice here. I think June 1st is the, the official date. So um, I'm just looking forward to it. I, you know, I'm definitely going to be down wherever the thing is going to be held, where it's ever it's going to be kicked off. I want to be there. I want to, you know, talk with some of the players, get some, you know, talk with the coaches and just get back out there, man. That's, I think that's the one thing I, I miss is just getting out there, interacting with the players, interacting with the coaches. You know, how, how is it going to look? I'm, you know, are they going to have concessions? I'm, I'm going to guess that's going to be a no. Are they going to make people, you know, sit uh, socially distant, uh, 
distances, socially distances, if that's what you want to say. Um, you know, how is it going to look? Obviously, it's not going to look the same or, or what we're used to. So I'm interested to see how they kind of make that work. And and yeah, man, just to get just, just to get a local sport back, it's it's going to be good and it's going to be really fun. Well, I might have to make the trip down there and check out that tournament as well. Pick up a few interviews and play them back here because we're looking forward to getting sports back. I know all of us are, and hopefully they get weather like. Last week when we were on the show here, Jake, we were talking about how it was just beautiful. This is prime UT summer weather. And then lately it's been rainy, stormy. You know what? I actually, I do like storms. I might be in the minority with that. I love storms. You know, falling asleep to a thunderstorm, the sound of rain. I can't beat that. You know, I really, really am a big storm guy. Don't get me wrong. I like my sunny days, my summertime, what have you. But uh, right now it's just, I'm here on the lake shore and I'm looking out the great window here. And it's just like you could cut this fog with a knife. And like yesterday when it was 80-something and it was almost like a steam coming off from uh, Lake Superior, like it was a hot fog. And today, you know, it's much cooler. It's in the mid-60s. But, man, it's just you get that lake effect and it is just foggy up and down the streets down here in this area. Is it foggy over by your station? Um, Actually, no. Uh, up, up here by uh, Local 3, we're up in the township. Um, it's, it's not, not foggy at all, to be honest with you. And, and I know, uh, the elevation changes, uh, rapidly from where I'm at to, to where you're at. And, you know, the weather can change just like that. And you're right by, you know, you know what they call Lake Superior. They mm-hmm. call it, uh, nature's air conditioning. Yep. So obviously the, the temperature changes drastically there. And, and, um, you know, if you go farther into like, let's say Nagani, um, you know, just five, ten minutes from where, where I'm at, the, the temperature changes drastically as well. It's just a lot a lot hotter. So it is very interesting to see how, you know, how the weather changes so quickly. And I know yesterday or the past few days, um, it's, been, it's been similar to where I leave my station and I live in Harvey. Um, so I have to go down by the water. But you drive through there, man. And, and I swear, last, or was it, I think it was last night and the day before, I was driving through, you know, dense fog. And um, I'm, I'm completely opposite from you. I, I absolutely hate thunder. I hate lightning. Um, and it's only because when I was younger and as I was growing up, I, I, I've almost gotten struck at least twice. Mm. Um, I've had a light post shatter above my head because of lightning. And, um, and so, so I'm, I'm terrified. I don't know. I think there's a, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but I think there's an actual term where you're just, you're terrified of lightning and thunder. And um, I, I wasn't like that when I was younger, but just because I have some dra- um, some trauma, I'm a little bit more scared. I'm a little bit more hesitant about going out and uh, going out when, when it's thunder and lightning. But I, I love rain. I mean, rain is great. I definitely will choose rain over snow, but mo- I'm mostly just a sun guy. I like to be in the sun. I like the heat and things like that. Yeah, I wonder if there are other people who love storms up here. If it's like, you know, there are other storm lovers because, you know, I'm from Iowa, Jake, and you see those stereotypes or anything. I don't know if you do up here, but I see them plenty on my Facebook page with some of my friends from Iowa. And it's like the weather center says that, you know, there's a tornado warning. Everybody needs to seek shelter. And then Iowans will walk outside. They'll be sitting with their lawn chairs. They'll be looking for the tornado and everything. And as silly as those memes are, it is 100% true. So maybe it's just an Iowan thing that people like storms or whatever. I don't know. I'm curious to see if there are other people up here or in other areas of the country that like storms. But y- you see those memes or whatever, and it's like this guy who's, you know, he looks like Joe Dirt. He's wearing overalls. He has the American flag, and he's yelling, bring it on, tornado. You know, that is absolutely 100% true <laughs> because I can right. tell you being a native Iowan. 
Yeah, I think people just get desensitized to it. I mean, up here, um, you know, I've had people who who've never or that I know who've never traveled to the UP before come up here um, in the summertime, and, and you know, it, even the last few days, it's it's been rain, it's been sunny in the morning, and then it'll all of a sudden hit rain, or it'll be sunny, and then it'll hit or rain, and then you might even see snow. You might see like three different weather patterns, and to me, that's completely normal. I'm just like, you know, that's just the UP. But uh, you know, I've had friends come up here and be like, "What is up with your weather? Like, mm-hmm. how do you decide?" like what you're gonna wear and and how do you prep for this but I think similar to that with with people from Iowa you know you're just so used to it like if I went to you know I've, I've never been near a tornado I've never even been in an area where there was like a very legitimate tornado warning so I probably would be down there freaking out thinking a tornado is about to come destroy wherever I'm at but for people who are just used to it happening so often I'm guessing this happens in the in, you know in the plains regions or down south you get a tornado warning it's it's, oh, it's uh, nothing this happens all the time mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're in Florida with, with, you know, hurricanes coming, you're probably just like, oh, you know, this happens. This is part of it. Um, So I'm guessing, you know, once you get used to it and you just get desensitized by it, uh, you know, it's just not a big deal. But um, if I had to deal with a tornado and I'm 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 always like wondering, like, yeah, moving down to like Florida would be nice. But you're dealing with all those tropical storms, Mm -hmm. you know, those hurricanes you always have to having to prepare for prepare for you know living in like oklahoma you know there's there's tornado season where tornadoes are just ripping through your area and at any moment your 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 livelihood your homes can just get destroyed and um i just don't know how people do it i mean you know i i, I try not to take it for granted up here that we don't, we don't have to deal with too bad of weather um, we do have to deal with a variety of weather but it's not as bad as as other places you know what's weird is my high school mascot was actually the tornadoes, and I've never been in that serious of a tornado warning. God forbid. I really hope that stays true, you know, especially with a lot of my family back in that area. But, you know, I come to cherish storms because there's not a lot of thunderstorms up here, Jake. I've come to notice that the climate up here just doesn't provide a lot of thunderstorms, so I cherish it like last night or a couple of nights ago whenever we get those. Um, this really isn't tornado country, is it? I, I, and I'm thankful for that. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I, the UP, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is not a tornado area, right? No, I think, you know, tornadoes tend to happen, and I'm, I'm no weather person. You might have to talk to Local 3's very own Tom Kippen more about this. But, um, you know, I think just with the, with the elevation changes, the hills and things like that, tornadoes aren't really able to form and, and, and gain strength just because of tor- the tornadoes. I think you need more of a flat land. Um, there has been instances over the last few years um, that I can even remember where, you know, I don't know the, the, the actual term, but where you see like um, starts up funnel clouds starting up in the sky, but nothing ever really ever touches. Um, and I could be wrong. I don't know if maybe we back in the day we've had a tornado hit or something like that. But I've been I've been like driving and I used to work in the news here at Local 3 and I can remember a day. Um, where I was sent out because over Lake Superior, you could actually see, you know, the, the start of maybe a funnel cloud of a tornado, but there's just too much hills and things like that for them to ever gain any momentum or strength. So um, I think we're pretty safe up here for some uh, with tornadoes. I tell you what, Jake, we did go down the rabbit holes we tend to do, and we've only got a couple minutes left in the segment, which is all right because I always enjoy our discussion. So let's do this because I don't want to start a whole new segment like we were planning on doing. And by the way, I should let the audience know what we're planning on doing. You mentioned earlier that the NHL has their plan in place to resume play, the NBA. What could they learn from it? We'll get to that. We'll get Jake's perspective on that. Plus, Phil Mickelson is already recruiting for the match. Like, who could be playing in the match next year with him and Tiger Woods and their 
charity pro-am. He's already been recruiting a few players. Who would Jake and I like to see be a part of that? Plus, you have 12 must-have NFL fantasy grabs this year, according to one sports writer. Jake and I will tell you what we like and don't like about that list. All that and more coming up over the course of next hour. But, Jake, just to bring us up to the commercial here, um, when I say one-hit wonder in the NFL, who comes to mind for you? Who's the first person that comes to mind? One-hit wonder in the NFL. Um, One-hit wonder. I, I mean, I guess I would have to say, shoot. Um, I bet I know who it's going to be. I'm, I'm blanking right now. I hate when you put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. I, I know I do that way too much, but uh, I was um, thinking Peyton Hillis was going to be your answer. Oh, Peyton Hillis, the Madden cover boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely that. that he kind of came out of nowhere. And, that's an interesting story. Um, obviously, he was more of a fullback making the Madden cover, but yeah, um, yeah, he was. Uh, that was kind of a weird year. Uh, finally, the Cleveland Browns. That was like in the middle of their demise. I know they're still kind of in it, but um, yeah, Peyton Hillis was was a crazy a crazy story. Well, I was doing some reading earlier today, and what I do is I just get whenever I get my mind on something. It doesn't have to be sports, but. I'm, you know, looking up the history of it. I'm kind of like Mike Leach in this sense, where I want to know as much about something as possible. And if I come across a reference I don't know, I have to look that up. And soon I've gone down the rabbit hole to like five different pages trying to look up a reference to one story, and I finally get back to it. I was doing some interesting reading earlier today. I think I might have found one guy who could challenge Peyton Hillis that we've all forgotten about as the legit Mr. One-Hit Wonder in the NFL. I tell you what, Jake. I'm about to make everybody who <laughs> who remembers football about 10 years ago, I'm going to make them feel about 100 here. Do you remember the pride of the New England Patriots backfield, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis? Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. That name does sound familiar, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Why Why was I thinking that was a, a basketball player? But, ben Jarvis uh, Green Ellis. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. It, it doesn't surprise me that he's a Patriot because, you know, that team just seems to always find just these random gems that that they can, you know, squeeze whatever talent they have and maximize their potential. So that does not surprise me. It sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's ringing a bell with a lot of our listeners. In 2010, he was an undrafted free agent out of Ole Miss, signed with the Pats and rushed for 1,000 yards, actually finished with 1,008. And he never fumbled during his career with New England. It was only two years, but he carried the ball quite a darn bit, and he – I think he had, what, 437 carries without a fumble. And finally, when he was with Cincinnati, was his first career fumble. But I was just doing some reading today, and I thought, man, I remember that guy, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. And uh, suddenly, you know, I feel 100 years old. That does bring us up to our commercial, though. So let's take it now. When we come back, the NHL has their plan in place to resume. What can the NBA learn from it? Next on ESPN. Lawns and gardens grow better on topsoil than on rocks. Ishpeming Concrete is now open for you to get your planting season started. Get a half yard of topsoil gently loaded into your pickup truck for just 18 bucks. That's a whole lot less than the 25 bags you'd need from the home store. Sweeten up your plantings and fix your lawn from the ravages of winter. Topsoil, the softer side of Ishpeming Concrete. 400 Stone Street behind Robbins Flooring. Open weekdays 8 till 430 locally owned with a total commitment to quality there's no contact paying with a credit card and you don't need to leave your vehicle now open saturdays seven to noon now back to the sports pen here's tanner who
a couple of days ago. What can the NBA learn from that? First of all, Jake, I do want to give kudos to Gary Bettman in the National Hockey League because I think they came out with a really intriguing and a really interesting design to return to play where you're going to add 24 teams in. I get it that you're not going to have 24 teams that contend for a championship, but you've got to get as many of those TV and radio, like the local broadcast rights, fulfilled as possible because you're not going to finish out the regular season. you still got to fulfill a lot of those media contracts. But like Damian Lillard said a few days ago, why would I take the court and risk injury, let alone COVID-19, if I'm not going to play for a championship? This is kind of an incentive where some of those fringe teams will at least get a chance plus you get a chance to fill out some of those uh, media obligations what have you and it's an interesting format you know you got your play-in round you've got a round robin with the top four seeds to determine their seeding and it's just it, I really enjoy this Jake and I said on the show yesterday that no matter who wins this year's respective championships in hockey or basketball or even baseball some people are going to put an asterisk next to it. They're going to say this was the COVID Cup. And what I like about what the NHL is doing, they're embracing the asterisk. They're not going with their traditional format they could do any other year. They're going to try something. It's your chance to experiment. And I think the NHL is doing a good job making the most of that. Yeah, and I agree, man. I have to applaud the NFL or, excuse me, the NHL um, because they, they came out, obviously, they're one of the first, you know, major American sports leagues to come out with, with a detailed plan. You know, they touch base on everything from, like you said, uh, the playoffs to the NHL draft or, yeah, the draft. Um, you know, they have detailed plans on how it's going to work. They, they talk about the hub cities and they have a list and things like that. Now, obviously, the, the NHL and the NHLPA have to come to some sort of agreement and, and obviously player safety and all those involved around around these games and things like that. Uh, you know, keeping them safe is the number one priority. But um, they were they came out. They have a, they had a plan. Um, you know, they 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 were. They co covered pretty much everything. You know, they knew they were going to have a lot of questions, but they, they had pretty much everything covered. Um, and, and it seems like the plan is, is pretty solid. Like you said, it, it's going to give um, some teams who, you know, were, were kind of almost there, you know, maybe still had a shot, an opportunity to to continue their season and, 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 and make some noise. And I think um, in this unprecedented time we're living in, no matter what sport, um, at this point, you know, it's going to be fair game. You're going to come in, you know, players haven't been able to really practice. I know they're going to get some practice time, but, um, you know, it might even up the field a little bit and it, and it might, you know, shake things up. And I think that's just enter entertaining. I think right now, um, if you're able to get back into play right now for the NHL, it's huge if they're able to get back before the NBA um, and the NBA or MLB gets started up because they're one of those, you know, their league is, you know, when you talk about sports, you know, obviously NFL, NBA are, are really huge. MLB has always been, you know, America's pastime whatsoever. So the NHL has kind of taken a back, a back door to those guys, but if they can come in and, and really make it work and make sure everyone's safe and get a jump start on these other leagues, um, that's going to be huge for the league because everyone's just hungry for sports. It doesn't matter what sport. I will be tuned in a hundred percent if the NHL was to come back first. I'm, you know, I'm there and to, to have it come back where it's like, you know, it's new, it's exciting. Um, like you said, it, it's a little bit uh, out of the out of the ordinary. Obviously, we're dealing with a time where, you know, everything is just so so different and so new. Um, I like what they have going on. It's going to create drama. You know, you're going to have really good matchups. Um, you know, it, it's going to kind of be like a day by day thing where we're just kind of watching it all unfold and 
and um, I applaud the NHL for coming out with a detailed plan. They were able to get get things together. Uh, now they just have to obviously work out the, the finer details, but um, I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited for it, and I'm looking forward to, to finally seeing some hockey, and, and I think it's going to be good for the league. And like you said, it's, it's, it's good to experiment. This is a time where you can kind of go out, see what works, and, and see you know what doesn't work, and that's great for the league, uh, for any league, to be honest with you, to to kind of see how how the fans react to it, and and just how kind of things work out. Um, I'm interested to see where where these hub cities are going to be and where they're going to be played. I'm interested to see how how the draft is going to work out, and obviously Detroit uh, fans are out there hoping that they can get you know a top pick, if not the first pick, or in the running for that. So um, it's going to be interesting, man. It just just talking about it gets me excited just because it just seems like we're that much closer to getting things rolling here again, and, and I'm, I'm excited for it. I tell you what, Jake, you did bring up the Red Wings, and they're one of the teams that did not make the cut for the 2014 playoffs. They're going to go directly into the draft lottery with six other teams. I'm wondering how their fans are feeling here these last couple of days because I haven't had the chance to talk with anybody that I know is a diehard Red Wings fan, but it was announced yesterday that general manager Steve Iserman, Red Wings great and a legend, he'll always be loved there, is going to retain head coach Jeff Blaschel for the upcoming season. Blaschel, of course, there was a lot of speculation whether he would remain the head coach in Detroit, and I I think there were a lot of Red Wings fans who were calling for his firing. And you know what? I like Jeff Blaschel. I've met him. He's a UP guy, and I think it makes sense that he's covering uh, Michigan's team, um, but it just has not appeared to be working out here. And I know a lot of Red Wings fans wanted him gone. They didn't like Babcock. They didn't like Ken Holland. They all wanted Iserman, and now that Iserman has said we're going to stick with Flashel, I just kind of wonder what Red Wings fans are thinking here as we get together here on Thursday. Yeah, um, you know, I was kind of, I'm kind of 50-50. I'm kind of walking the line on it. Um, you know, and, and Steve Iserman, we trust. Obviously, he's a, he's a god there in Detroit and, and spent many years playing for Detroit, brought them some Stanley Cups. Um, so you got to kind of hope that he knows what he's talking about. Um, you know, obviously the record is, isn't great with Jeff Blaschel, but he's also had just really, really bad teams. I mean, you know, when he took over, I think it was like, what, 20, if I'm doing the math correct, 2015 season, um, Detroit actually, you know, they went to the playoffs when they had a, a somewhat decent roster in place. So it's not like he couldn't get it done when he had the talent, but since then, um, you know, the last, what, four seasons, um, I know that Detroit has probably had the league's worst record and things like that. And, and things, but um, it's kind of unfair to Jeff Blaschel. You know, you you got to get him some pieces. They've been trading away key pieces. Um, you know, they've been just like I don't know. They just haven't given given him enough to work with. When you're when you're trading away uh, stapled players, when you're when you're you know just bringing in young players and trying to develop these young guys, and you just don't have the weapons that you need or the experience that you need. I mean, you got to try to give the guy a little bit of time. I, I think Jeff Blaschel's kind of had a a, a tough tough job there in Detroit. They've been rebuilding and, and, and things like that for the last like several years. So um, once you get some talent in there and you put together what, what most see as a decent roster, then you kind of see how Jeff just able to do things because when he, he showed when he had decent talent that first year, he was able to take them to the first round of the playoffs. I, I, I'm pretty sure they lost to the lightning, but um, it, it, he, he's been shown that you can get it done. And UP guy, I'm, I'm all for UP guys. I'm always going to root for UP guys. I tell you what, let's shift gears a little bit here in the back end of this segment and get to the NBA, because what could they learn from the NHL's return to play plan? Jake, I've only heard one report, at least one proposal 
of the NBA potentially finishing out the regular season. That was last week where they said they would have all 30 teams at the Walt Disney Center in Orlando and they would play games like Summer League throughout the day. They would just play from noon until night, maybe even midnight, and until they completed the regular season, and then the playoffs would follow a more normal schedule. I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, like Damian Lillard said and, you know, Steph Curry, I think to a lesser extent, could feel the same way. Just for an example, if I'm not competing for a championship, why risk the injury or the illness? Why not just spend time with my family? So I, I really don't get the feeling the regular season is going to be finished i could see an expanded playoff like the nhl is doing it honestly there's not 24 teams in either the nhl or the nba i think that could win the nba title but there absolutely could be some upsets there could be some spoilers depending on what the format looks like and that's compelling stuff entertaining basketball so i i'm interested to see what the nba does and honestly but do you have a favorite proposal is it that we keep the uh, traditional format, top eight seeds in each each conference, because I hope that doesn't happen. Um, just top 16 teams regardless of conference, expand to 24, maybe do the NHL model. Do you have any preference what the NBA should do? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I don't think, you know, finishing out a regular season. Now, I understand they have, they have contracts similar to what you said with the NHL. They have to fulfill contracts and things like that. But to me, bringing back, uh, you know, a, a a regular season i think what was it like they wanted to bring back like i don't even know how many games x amount of games and things like that and and yeah it just doesn't make sense if, if you're a bad basketball team and you really just have no shot at winning um why would you want to come back and, and it just puts more players in risk if it, it you know you got to have these teams travel and it just it just brings more risk so you want to you want to reduce the risk and i think that just going directly into the playoffs is probably the better the better choice there um you know, like you said, man, similar with the NHL, um, this is a great time to kind of experiment, to kind of, you know, uh, try things and just trying to figure things out. Um, and the NBA has always been a really progressive league and a league that's not afraid for change and, and it likes to create drama. And I think if you match up Eastern and Western Conference teams, um, not you don't not separate them, you, you bring them all together and you seed them out. Um, and I think you go right into the playoffs. I'm okay with a 16-team playoff NBA playoff format, um, but I would like to see Western Conference and Eastern Conference teams going at it in like the first rounds and things like that. I would like it to stay, uh, you know, seven-game series and things like that because I think in basketball a lot can happen game to game. Um, you know, as compared to other sports, I think. Um, you know, you get a lot of momentum. You, you, we've seen it. Teams have come down from three, you know, three one and things like that. So, um, I would like to see us go right to the playoffs. I'm okay with a 16 team, you know, playoff format, but I want to see that that inner inner conference, inner you know, Western Eastern Conference matchups. I would like to see you know a top Western Conference up against an Eastern Conference team and vice versa. Just because we're not used to seeing that, like I said, man unprecedented times why not try you know unprecedented you know things for the playoffs so try it out and see what happens i think it's a great opportunity to bring in fans bring in eyes when you talk about you know we're trying this this is going to be like must see tv for a lot of people especially when you're talking about doing it in mid-july when a lot of people want to be outside and be out in the outdoors and not many not as many people are sitting in front of their television now i know Everyone like myself is hungry for sports, so at this point, you know, if sports are on, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to you know block out some time to watch some sports. But 
Uh, why not change things up, stir the pot a little bit, and, and get some some excitement going? And I think um, trying new things is a is a good way to do it. Let me get your thoughts on a couple of things that would go along with the NBA playoff format here before we go to break. And the first is the fact that they would finish out their season, the NBA, at one hub city rather than two like the NHL. The NBA would play at the Walt Disney Center. The theme park has its own basketball arena there in Orlando, Florida, and they would play there. And you know what? I'm able to endorse that pretty darn well because of course ESPN owned by Disney so I like seeing the mouse ears on my check here so uh, I'm able to endorse that um, but Spencer Dinwiddie brought this up uh, about a week ago he talked about man I- I the salaries I get it they're a big thing here and I don't want to get into what players should make or whatever but he was talking about that and then he brought up a different point he's like why would I risk going out there for you know a prorated salary Instead of, you know, and it, I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie's on a team that's going to contend for an actual uh, uh, NBA championship anyway. Um, but he's like, why would I rather do that rather than being at home with my family? You know, being quarantined with your family is one thing. Being with, you know, a locker room full of basketball players, just totally isolated from your family. That's a whole nother thing. And, you know, I, I get where he's coming from. And one of the proposals that I saw that at least the NBA Player Association is talking about is allowing NBA players' families to be with them in Orlando to get them tested and screened and then put them inside the Orlando bubble for the remainder of this NBA season. The other thing I wanted to bring up to you is one of the other proposals for an NBA playoff format. And this is something interesting I've heard kicked around because, you know, there's a lot of uh, international organizations that have ties with the NBA that Adam Silver's actually taken a big interest in. He's actually looked at bringing some international tournament styles to the NBA potentially. And one of the proposals would be using the World Cup format, like the soccer World Cup, where you have pool play. You have four teams in each group, and they all play each other. The top two teams advance on, and they're uh, seated that way until they get into a knockout style tournament. From there, it's traditional best of seven. What do, what do you think about those two things? Um, I mean, you know, I, I like you said, I, you know, I do understand where where uh, Spencer is coming from, um, but at the same time, you know, you you are getting paid. It is your job. You are under contract and and you are uh you know employed by the league so um you know I, if I'm a basketball player I'm itching to get back on the court mm-hmm. you know that's just if if you're an ultra competitor and you can get back on the court and do it safely and make and, and everything's in place to where you know you're gonna be safe I mean if I'm a player I'm I'm sitting at home bored at this point I'm trying to go out and play I you know salary is you know getting paid a lot I'm going out there I'm trying to win um that's my mindset so. Um, and, and I do like the idea of being able to bring your families and, and I think I was like reading something like each team was going to have an X amount of, of, you know, uh, family or people that they can bring with them. And, um, I mean, that, that makes it fun. You know, that makes it fun. You'll, you'll still be able to be around your family when you're not playing and and things like that. And it's more of a summer, a summer league vibe and, and, you know, an AAU vibe type of deal. And, and I think you could make it a lot more fun and a lot more, um, like a family-oriented thing for the players. So I do like that. Um, talking about the, the, the pool play and things like that, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much open for anything at this point. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much – I'm giving the green light to pretty much anything that um, the leagues want to do. Um, I just want to see basketball teams uh, – you know, I just want to see players playing. Um, I want to see the competition. And, um, 
you know, like I said just a second ago, if you if if you have an idea, why not try it right now? The, the worst thing that can happen is, yes, it, you know, it may not work out as to the best of your ability, but if you can pick up a few things um, during this time that you can kind of transition over to, you know, a regular season, a regular year, a regular season, um, why not try it and just see how it works? I mean, I, I feel like sports has been gone for so long. Sports fans are going to tune in no matter what. You know, it's going to be must-see TV. Um, and, and why not add some quirks and things in and see what see what works? You know, this is... Uh, it could be a blessing in disguise for these leagues to be proactive and be creative and try to just work on some things and tweak some things. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I think the NBA is you know, one of those leagues that they've always seemed to be a step ahead. And I think it would be a good idea. I don't see if, if you can make it work, why not try it? Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you in ESPN-UP. Let's take our next time out. When we come back, 12 must-have players for fantasy football this upcoming season, according to ESPN. Next on ESPN-UP. Household Appliance is ready to take care of you and your appliance needs. May is Maytag month, and there are huge incentives right now on quality built-in-the-USA Maytag appliances. Stay home, stay safe has allowed many people to realize that their kitchen appliances need to be replaced or that their washers and dryers just aren't doing the trick. Well, Household Appliance and Marquette has the quality and the savings of Maytag during May is Maytag month. Maytag quality lasts, but these incentives won't last for very long. Household Appliance, where service after the sale is a tradition. Sale ends June 3rd. MBank offers sophisticated banking solutions to support your business. When you bank with MBank, we support you every step of the way, combining big bank resources with personal service and quick local decision-making that moves at the speed your business moves. MBank has helped a wide range of small to mid-sized businesses achieve success. Our experienced team makes it easy and convenient to help you grow. Let MBank design a personalized plan for your business's unique needs. MBank, community-focused, client-driven. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. Here's your Sports Center update. The NBA 2020 Hall of Fame ceremony has been postponed to 2021 per Chairman Jerry Colangelo. The 2020 Hall of Fame class includes Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, the late Kobe Bryant. Colangelo specified that the 2020 and 21, uh, 2021 Hall of Fame inductions will not be merged. Each will get its own weekend for enshrinement. College basketball Texas Tech has added Georgetown transfer Mac McClung. McClung will have to sit out one season uh, barring a waiver. And finally, Q is the only letter that does not appear in the name of a U.S. state. That is your Sports Center update. Tanner and Jake with you once again. Delighted you're along as always. 12 must have players in your upcoming NFL Fantasy Football League. Jake, I know you and I are both big fantasy guys. Are you a PPR guy, Jake? Um, I, you know, I, I dabble in, in, in PPR here and there. It depends. It depends who I'm playing with. Well, I tell you what, this list came out from ESPN, uh, Eric Carabble. He's a football writer for us at ESPN, and he's got his rankings for the best players, the must-haves for this coming NFL football season and fantasy uh, for uh, PPR League. So let's go through this list, Jake. We'll uh, tell you what we like and don't like about this. Let's, for drama as always, let's start from the bottom, work our way to the top. At number 12, and I know you're going to like this one, 
Mr. Aaron Jones, running back at the Green Bay Packers, yesterday said he wants to be a Packer for his lifetime. Uh, a lot of reason to think, especially with A.J. Dillon there, to light a fire under him, that this could be another step forward for Aaron Jones. Yeah, I mean, obviously last year he was the Packers' playmaker. Um, you know, when Devontae Adams went down, the, the offense actually got better, and I think it was because Aaron Jones was the focal point of the offense. You know, he's that home run hitter. He can he can take a handoff and and, and, and find the end zone um, anywhere on the field. He's also shown he can catch the ball and he can be a receiver. And I think when you add in a guy like A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams is still a very solid backup uh, running back. Um, you're going to be able to move Aaron Jones around a lot more, especially in Matt LaFleur's offense. You know, you're going to see him split out and be a receiver more and things like that. And I, and I know, you know, he's still relatively young. He still has a lot of tread on his tires. Um, you know, people are questioning why why pick A.J. Dillon. I think the addition of A.J. Dillon is only going to help Aaron Jones be even more productive if, if that's going to be even possible. You know, Aaron Jones had a, just an amazing year. Um, you know, highlighted by that Dallas Cowboys game, that four touchdown performance. I hope my buddy's listening right now. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a definitely great to hear, and I'm glad he's on the list. I'll take number 12. Number 11 on this list, Austin Eckler, the L.A. Chargers. Of course, Melvin Gordon is gone, so he's the guy. and He's, he's kind of like a version of Christian McCaffrey in a way that he can catch balls out of the backfield better than almost any running back in the NFL. The only thing is, Jake, the only thing that I'm skeptical about is that he did get paid this offseason. He got a new contract, and that tends to lead to a drop-off in performance. I hope that's not the case with Eckler. Yeah, you know, he's one of those new age backs. He's he's the type of back that teams are looking for, like you said. Um, you could you can hand the ball off to him and he can he can do some damage, but you know, he's one of those threats in the passing game as well. And and I do agree some players do get paid and and uh, that kind of, you know, the motivation factor isn't there as much, you know, people, you know, players are just so focused on getting that big contract that once they get it, they kind of lax a little bit. But the great ones, they don't. The great ones are driven in a different way. They, they keep that fire. That fire continues burning no matter how much money they're making. Um, so you hope maybe that's, a, you know, an Austin Eckler. I do worry about the fact that, um, you know, Phillip Rivers is gone and you're, you're going to be relying on, on a, a rookie quarterback for the most part. I know Tyrod Taylor's there, but let's be honest with you. We all know what Tyrod Taylor is. Um, so we're, we're going to see. Teams are going to be kind of more, you know, he's not going to catch anyone by surprise. So teams are going to be uh, focused on stopping them. So um, there is some cause for concern. But, I mean, if you can pick him up in, in you know, mid-round, I don't see why not. Number 10 on this list, Alvin Kamara, running back of the New Orleans Saints. Another guy is a pretty good pass catcher and obviously one of the best rushers in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Saints, they have a high-powered offense led by Drew Brees. Um Defenses do have trouble stopping that offense, and and Kamara's a big reason why. Again, another guy that you know he can catch a little screen pass and and get you chunk chunks of yardage. So um, he's just shown he's been very consistent. I know he's he's you know last year maybe would have been the year where teams might have figured him out, but he still had a really strong year. He's pretty, um, you know he he takes care of himself. You know in, he's not that injury prone. So um, you know I'm always open to, to draft Kamara if he's there. I I took him high. Uh, last year, and he did a really good job for me. Once again, we're going through ESPN's fantasy rankings for the upcoming season according to a PPR uh, league. This is put together by Eric Crabble, football writer for ESPN. Number nine on his must-haves list, Devontae Adams, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. I I know you're you're happy about that one. 
Yeah, um, you know, Devontae, he's, he, I, I still think he's one of the more, more underrated receivers. He doesn't get, get enough respect. Um, he was injured last year for a little bit, but um, prior to his injury and even uh, after his injury, he was, you know, he looked like the same old Devontae Adams. You know, he's only getting better. He's one of the best route runners in, in the NFL, and Aaron really trusts him. And Aaron sometimes, to his fault, forces the ball to him a little bit too much. But, um um, you hope that he gets a little bit of help with these younger guys coming up, whether it's Alan Lazard, Devin Funches, or you know, even if MVS. I'm still not giving up on MVS. You got Equinemius St. Brown coming back, um, so he. You're hoping he has some help, but um, you know, you can almost guarantee, you can almost you know, mark it up. He's going to get near you know, 100 yards. You know, he'll probably find the end zone. Um, most likely at least once. So uh, he's a good pick. Well, I'm glad you brought up the end zone because I don't think he gets credit for as good of a red zone receiver as he is. Aaron loves targeting him in the red zone. He's one of the better uh, red zone type of receivers. And in a PPR league, touchdowns matter. So yeah, Devontae Adams makes sense that he's in the top 10 here. Number eight, Tariq Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs. And <laughs> not a lot needs to be said if you've been following football, why you should draft him. Yeah, you know, and you always wonder. It's like I know there's only one football, and I know it can only be spread around so much. And and Kansas City does have a lot of weapons, but um, this guy's just a playmaker. He's just he's a freak athlete. He's he's elite. Um, that speed he has is almost unguardable. And, and more likely than not, he's gonna he's gonna get open for a big play once or twice. And you're going to see him throwing up the deuces as he runs into the end zone. It's just who he is. You know, he's just one of those those rare breeds. And, uh, you know, he's shown he can, he can, you know, him and Pat Mahomes have a really good connection. And, and as long as he's healthy, he's going to be he's going to be a beast. So, um, yeah, Tyreek Hill is a, is a great receiver. Number seven on this list. Another guy similar to Devontae Adams in the sense that he is a really good red zone receiver i know he went through that drought a couple of years ago but julio jones another guy who does tend to find the end zone be really good once you get inside the 20 yeah yeah julio jones obviously he's one of those just you know he's respected i think a lot, if you're a receiver if you're a db you know you're, you're talking about julio jones is, is one of the best he's a you know a freak when it comes physical uh attributes and things like that um you know he he really Get, gathers a lot of yards in a game. I mean, he's almost unstoppable. Um, you can only hope to contain him. You know that saying. So, uh, you know, at any moment the dude can break out for like a 200 plus yard game. Um, you know, there was one year where he was struggling on the end zone. I think he was averaging like he was getting like 200 yards a game, but couldn't get in the end zone for like the longest time. I remember it was, it, it was almost like a joke at some point. But um, I think he's come come a far uh, far from that that scenario. So, um, like you said, Matt Ryan and him kind of have a, a good chemistry there, and and you're bringing over a Todd Gurley. You know, that running game now it's a threat a little bit more and things like that if he can stay healthy. So, um, you know, you, you you know what to expect from Julio, and, and that's usually usually good things. Once again, this is Eric Carabal, ESPN Football Writers List of the top 12 must-have fantasy football players for your upcoming PPR league. Number six, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. New quarterback, he's got Kyler Murray, who I think is going to have a really good sophomore season. I think he's going to have a, a step forward to take this year. He'll be playing alongside Larry Fitzgerald, one of the all-time legends that I believe will be a good mentor to him. And Hopkins, is in his own right, I think is the second best wide receiver in football right now, only to Michael Thomas. Plus Cliff Kingsbury, an offensive genius with all those weapons to play with. A lot of reason to want DeAndre, or even more reasons to want DeAndre Hopkins early 
yeah, the Cardinals are going to be very, very fun to watch this year. Um, Kyler shown, um, even as a rookie, he, he can handle the NFL. Um, you know, he still has, has to work out some things, but I mean, he's electric. He's, he's fast. He's confident. You know, he, he can see the field. It's only going to slow down from here and he's only going to get better. Um, like you said, he's playing alongside, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Christian Kirk is an underrated receiver there as well. Um, and, and then you got DeAndre Hopkins. If you're a defensive coordinator, if you're a defensive player, it's like, who am I supposed to guard here? Um, you know, they don't really have too much of a running game. I don't really know who their running backs are right now, but Kenyon Drake. Um, Drake. I mean, he's solid. He's yeah. solid. But um, you know, with all those weapons, it's gonna it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. And, and like you said, DeAndre Hopkins, he, he doesn't need a lot. He doesn't need a lot. You just need to get the ball in his vicinity. He's gonna come down with it. He has, I think, the best hands in the NFL. So um, yeah, it's, he's in a new a new location. He's in a new system and things like that. But like you said, it's it's aimed and and uh, molded for for you know big plays and and receivers catching balls. So uh, he's gonna have a big year. Number five on this list, the only receiver that I do believe is better right now than DeAndre Hopkins, that's Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints, one of the all-time greats and Drew Brees throwing to him. Just a lot of reason to think that nobody will be able to guard Mike once again this year. Yeah, man, Michael Thomas is my favorite player in the NFL right now. Um, And, you know, he doesn't normally get a lot of, like, big, big plays for you. But Drew Brees looks for him so much, and he just kind of chips away at it. You know, he gets five yards here, six yards here. There's, like, quick slants. Um, He runs a lot of outs, but, you know, he has short hands, and he has a very, you know, he has a lot of of passes coming his way. And and when you have that much um, and you you catch balls, that's going to add up. And he's just been consistent. He's been consistent. He's in an offense that, you know, scores a lot of points and and likes to move the ball, and it's very up pace, and, and he's, like I said, it's it's chemistry with the quarterback, and him and Drew have have a great chemistry, and he's you know he's just guaranteed to get yards. It's it's um it's pretty much unstoppable. Um, so Michael Thomas, I took him very early. I was actually getting made fun of for how early I took him last year, and it worked out for me pretty well. Number four on this list, Dalvin Cook, Minnesota Vikings running back. It has never been a question of talent since he's come to the NFL. It has been, can he stay healthy? And last year, he finally could, and he showed that he was one of the best running backs in football. Can he do it again? Do we trust him to keep doing it going forward? That's my only pause with him, Jake, because I had a chance at him early. I passed on him because I thought he would get hurt again, and uh, obviously, I ended up regretting that. But I may not change this year. I don't know. I just... That's the biggest downfall with Dalvin Cook, his inability to stay on the field consistently. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm with you. Um, anytime a player has shown they can get – now, any player can get hurt, but it's it's those nagging injuries and things like that. And, um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It, it's tough to justify picking him early because you never – you know, it, it, you're pretty much – it's it's not good when you draft a guy early and they, and they get hurt, obviously. So, but – He's just one of those guys, man. If, if you hand any at any moment, the dude can make a play. Doesn't matter where. Um, and and like you said, if he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the league. It pains me to say that um, as a Packer fan, but um, you know you're kind of rolling the dice there a little bit. But if he stays healthy, you're talking about one of the best backs in the league. And um, he's just he's just one of those guys, man. He's just very very talented. We get to the top three now of Eric Carabble, ESPN Football Writers list of must-have fantasy football players for your upcoming PPR league. By the way, it's all running backs from here on out. We'll go to number three, Ezekiel Elliott. A little bit of a step back last year. A lot of guys thought he was the best running back in football prior to him getting paid. He 
and you know, as players tend to do, took a little step back, but he's still a better pass catching back. He's got a great offensive line in front of him, and you know, there's it, the talent is still there nonetheless, and a lot of reason to believe that he's going to be fine in the end zone and racking up you some PPR points. Yeah, you know, when we talked about Austin Eckler, you talk about him getting paid and and taking a step back. You know, Zeke, he kind of that's kind of what happened. You know, Zeke got that big contract and. And for me, I, I just – I never really uh, – even watching the Cowboys, nothing really stood out to me. You know, he, he's obviously could make plays here and there, but he just wasn't that same that same running back to me. I don't know what it was. You know, he just didn't seem to have that, that burst. It, he just didn't – you know, didn't seem interested. So um, was it a lot of the, the, the culture that was there under Jason Garrett and, and things like that? Maybe. Um, I think with Mike McCarthy, I think the players are going to come back rejuvenated. I think – um, you know, he's going, Ezekiel Elliott will, will, you know, he'll have a productive season. He's still one of a really good running back. Um, and he's still one of the best. So yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. I think, um, he's poised for a big year. Number two on this list, a running back that's still on his rookie deal. It's kind of a, it's somewhat of a contract year for him. He's going to be working for a contract. Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. Obviously, again, the talent there was the offensive rookie of the year a couple of years ago, hampered by injury last season. Hopefully we see rejuvenated Saquon because, man, he is so much fun to watch. Yeah, I think he's the most the most talented uh, running back in the NFL. I think, you know, if, if you had to give – if I had to give my rankings, he would be right there at number one. I know the number – one guy who you're about to mention, he's really good for fantasy. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, the best back overall as a running back, I think, is Saquon Barkley. Like you said, a little bit of injuries. But, I mean, the dude was picked second overall for a reason. Um, he's he's a generational talent. And um, when healthy, you know, he's just a playmaker. He's a playmaker, and he's hard to stop. So um, if I have a shot at Saquon Barkley, I'm definitely going to think long and hard about it and there's not a lot of drama with those of us who do play fantasy football as to who is the number one must-have player in your upcoming ppr league that is christian mccaffrey of the carolina panthers he is the best pass catching running back in football he you can almost play him like a wide receiver if you want to big strong guy. He's almost got fullback strength with running back speed and you know he's just a monster and uh again i i agree with you i think there are more talented overall running backs in football but in a fantasy football league McCaffrey is the guy that you want yeah and you just got to kind of look at the situation he's in I mean it's Carolina's not trying to hide it you know Christian McCaffrey is is going to be the focal point of their offense they have wide receivers who are okay but it's not like they have like really really solid wide receivers so you know a lot of that offense I'm going to guess is going to be you know focused around Christian McCaffrey and getting him open because when he's in space I mean, it's pretty much a game over. You get him in space, you, it's 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 pretty much a guarantee he's going to make a guy miss. And he's just when he gets gets his speed going and he finds an opening, he hits it and and he's just a great back. I mean, like you said, coming out of of Stanford, I knew Christian McCaffrey was good, and I knew watching him at Stanford, I knew he was special because he just popped off the screen. But it, it was almost like okay, he he might be. Like, I guess if you could, what I was thinking about when you think about, let's compare it to college basketball, like Jimmer Fredette was just like an amazing shooter, amazing, you know, basketball player in college. But, you know, the the, the professional, when he went to the NBA, it was just a whole different game and, and he wasn't able to be as productive. I thought maybe Christian McCaffrey was that 
same style where he's he could dominate in college, but you get to a bigger, faster players, you know, maybe he wouldn't be so productive. But he proved me completely wrong. You know, he kind of just upped his game and, and showed he's an elite back and he can get it done at any level. Um, and and I just know that they're going to give him a lot of majority of, of the snaps. You know, the, the ball is going to be coming his way, whether it be handing the ball off or getting them open in the passing game. They're going to get creative with it and they're going to give their best player the ball as much as they can. So if you're you have the number one pick, you'd be crazy to pass on Christian McCaffrey. That is Eric Carabble, ESPN football writers list of the must have uh, NFL fantasy football players for your upcoming PPR league. Let's take our last time out. When we come back, the match on Sunday was an absolute blockbuster. It was a TV buster, if you want to call it that. And Phil Mickelson is already thinking long-term. He wants to have match number two, match number three, and make this an annual event. Who is he already in the process of recruiting, and who would Jake and I like to see uh, participate next on ESPN UP. We've invented a new messaging system using the crisp sounds of Bud Light. Crisp code. Lesson 42. This is how you say happy hour. It's happy hour. Let's go get some Bud Lights. That's it for today. Brewed with no corn syrup. Bud Light. Crisp. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer. Anheuser-Busch. St. Louis, Missouri. Now back to the sports pad. Here's Tanner Hoop. Jake Durant, glad to have you along here Thursday afternoon. Well, Sunday, the match was absolutely box office. It peaked at about 6.3 million viewers, Jake. And I tell you what, even non-golf lovers, like actually golf haters in a sense like me, were able to watch that and really, really enjoy that. Uh, So they averaged 5.8 million viewers on Sunday. They peaked at 6.3 million, and Phil Mickelson is already thinking about doing this again, regardless of the world situation, and I pray that we're not in the same situation a year from now. But Phil Mickelson is looking long-term to making this match number two, match number three, and making the match an annual event where him and Tiger Woods play with two non-golfers, and they have a celebrity pro-am for charity. By the way, they raised $20 million for COVID-19 on Sunday, which is really really good to see and just having the players mic'd up that dynamic was awesome and phil mickelson is already recruiting guys for the future and i tell you what jake he has two current athletes and one retired athlete that he's already reached out to actually he's got two retired athletes but one of them i don't know he works for a uh competing network so i don't know but um let's go through some of these guys because the aforementioned retired athlete is michael jordan and you think about mm-hmm. that because uh, they both peaked. The last dance at its peak and the match on Sunday both peaked at 6.3 million viewers. The uh, the match, again, averaged out at 5.8 million, and the last dance, 5.6. So both of those were absolute blockbusters. And adding them together, regardless of the world situation, can only be good stuff. Plus, MJ mic'd up. I mean, he went out with Brooks Kepka gar- uh, golfing. Uh, Kepka, one of the greatest golfers in the world, they put money on it. Jordan was so motivated that he beat Kepka, one of the greatest current golfers right now. A retired basketball player did that to him. So MJ on that kind of course, I, I'd be all for. I would love to see Michael Jordan do something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, you saw it throughout the last dance. Michael Jordan was in the middle of an MB, you know, three-peating, you know, winning championships, and he's out on the golf course playing golf. So, I mean, the passion for golf is there. And then you're talking about the alpha, the alpha ultra competitor out on the golf course. And I don't care how old you are, when you are that competitive your whole life, it doesn't, the fire doesn't dampen. You get him out in front of people. You get him out in a, in a competition. And Michael Jordan, he's going to, you know, that, that switch is going to flip. I don't know if he ever turns it off. And he's going to be out there. He's going to be trash talking. You know he's already good at golf. You know, he, that's like his second life. And he loves it. You talk, he was, you know, he's betting money and getting in, in, in betting scandals on the golf course, you know, during the NBA Finals back in the, in the 90s. So, um, you know, when you, when you first told me about this, Michael Jordan was the first one to come to mind now. It might just because, be because of the last dance, but um, and just recently watching that. But, I mean, Michael Jordan, you know, you had Tom Brady on. He's... Many consider him to go to football. Why not get to go to basketball on as well? And, and the ultra competitor won't be any short of trash talk. I think having the players mic'd up was the best thing you could have done. And that's where a lot of that entertainment factor comes on. So uh, Michael Jordan said, you know, he can really captivate an audience with his words. Um, and you saw it in the documentary. So I think he's a perfect, perfect candidate for, for another match series. Bill did say that he also would like to have Tony Romo uh, play in this, which I'd be all for if they can make that work out between their stations. But then the two athletes that are still currently playing uh, that Phil has already reached out to about potentially playing in this pro-am in the future would be Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and Golden State Warriors guard Steph Curry, both of whom former NBAs in their respective sports, both world champions in their respective sports. Anything Pat Mahomes mic'd up, give it to me. I mean, that I'm here for that. You know, he's he's funny and charismatic, and he's got that distinctive voice that I would absolutely love for Pat Mahomes. He seems like he could be a good golfer. He's got the long levers and everything. Steph Curry, I, by all accounts, is a really good golfer, but I just it's a hard for me to picture that. Is it hard for you? It's like it's hard for me to picture Steph Curry as a golfer. I'd personally rather see LeBron, honestly, than Steph Curry on the golf course. Yeah, from uh, you know, Steph Curry was another guy that I was thinking about because I know he's a good golfer. I know he knows how to play. Um, you know, he's a, he's he's kind of a finesse basketball player in his own right. And, you know, golf is kind of, you know, you got to kind of have a little bit of intricacies. You got to kind of be finesse. You got to know, you know, you know, you got to kind of be, I don't know. I, I just feel like his basketball game could translate. You know, you can get a, gain a lot from how he plays. And I think that would translate well onto the golf course. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody listening right now. But if you understand, if you know, you know. Um, so, yeah, Steph Curry was a guy I know he goes out and plays a lot. So I definitely think. You know, he'd be a good player. I don't know if LeBron has the body type, man. I mean, yeah. he, he LeBron LeBron has slimmed down a lot. He's not as bulky and big. But, um, you know, uh, I was listening to, to Shannon Sharp talk the other day, and he says he can't, you know, move a certain way because of just the muscle that he has. So these bigger guys, you know, golfing, you know, you got to be able to move. You got to be able to swing your hips, your shoulders, and things like that. You got to kind of be loose and flexible. So some of these bigger guys might not might not work out so uh maybe lebron maybe lebron i don't know if lebron i haven't really seen lebron show any really 
great interest in golf or anything like that. Like I don't see LeBron on the course in his off season. He's mo- mostly focused on basketball and he's working out and things like that. So I'm not really sure about that, but um, I could definitely see Steph Curry on the court on the course. Good point. It's just tough for me to picture Steph Curry on a golf course with his mouthpiece. You know, he's like hanging out, you know, chewing on that. It just I don't know if he has to play a sport where it doesn't require a mouthpiece. If he would, now I'm talking myself into wanting to see what he would do, but. Uh, Phil Mickelson already actively recruiting for the match in the future. Uh, is there anybody that comes to mind that you would like to see go out there? Honestly, if I had my choice, I want Andrew Luck to go do that. I think Andrew Luck out there would be hilarious. You know, just another guy with a distinctive voice and just such a pure personality. I think he would be a lot of fun to see mic'd up in that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, people are going to call me a, a homer or whatever but I, I would like to see Aaron Rodgers out on the course he's a very quirky guy I know he likes to play I know he plays a lot I think uh not too long ago I don't know if it was last offseason or or the year before that I know Steph Curry and Aaron Rodgers actually played in a tournament together um so I know you know Aaron's he's a he's an avid golfer he gets out there and he of, of course he's a competitor as well Brett Favre would be fun to watch go get Charles Barkley out there you know, you're not going to get a, a, the best golf game. Tom Brady wasn't that great, and I think that's what made it so good. You're so used to seeing Tom Brady be really good at what he does. It was kind of fun to watch him a little bit out of his element. Um, it, you know, and and it, you know, I think that kind of brought some entertainment purposes. But you know, it's just based off Charles Barkley's swing. You know, it's well documented just how bad it is. I don't even play golf, and I know how bad it is. So to get some guy out there who's really witty. You know, maybe like him and Shaq would be fun to watch and things like that. Um, that would bring some entertainment, you know, when you talk about the conversation and things like that. So, um, you know, a few guys like that. I tell you what, uh, I'm looking forward already. I'm looking forward to seeing what the match has in store for us when we get it again. Uh, with that, though, it does bring us up to the end of the show, man. That was a lot of fun today, and I appreciate you being here. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but for those who might have missed it, you've got something exciting coming up at Local 3 regarding some of the Legion baseball teams and anything else that you're uh, working on that you want to plug. Yeah, tune in to Local 3 tonight at 6 and 11. Um, I'm talking with Paul Julian of of Iron Mountain uh, Legion Baseball. He's He's organizing a tournament in July to get things kicked off. Um, with the UP uh, Baseball League. Uh, we're going to talk about what it's all about, who's participating, obviously the regulations that are in place for everyone's safety. Um, you know, we'll run a shortened version at 6 and a, an extended version at 11, so tune in. We might even talk to, to his uh, son, who's going to be playing baseball as well. Um, tune into that. Other than that, man, we're just kind of following what these major sports leagues are doing, um, you know, uh, doing our senior spotlights and things like that. So Monday through Friday, uh, local three, six and 11, come join me. Um, we'll give you a little bit of everything. Oh, perfect. Looking forward to see what you crank out over there. Once again, join us tomorrow for the sports pen for Eastern three central. I'll be here for Jake Duran. I'm Tanner hoops. Stay safe, be well. And thanks for listening to ESPN, UPWZIM, Ishpeming Marquette.